no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Barry Sanchez. On today's show, we recap the Bears' 31 to 28 loss to the Broncos and much, much more. What's good, Prayers? Ah, uh, dub, 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 man. This fucking team, bro. They, I thought we got one, man. I thought we was gonna have one. Damn. <laughs> and this is the thing, bro. We, we <laughs> this damn Taylor two half shit, bro. You know what I mean? First half, man. We were all. I was looking at Bears Twitter. Uh, Soldier Field was lit. I was like, yeah, this is good. Later in that damn game, I'm looking around. I'm looking at Bears Twitter. I'm like, man, this thing is a sh This is a cesspool. <laughs> What's going on around here? What's going on? What is this shit? <laughs> Look, Dub, I don't, I don't even mean to be dramatic or extra or nothing like that, man. But to me, Dub, this is probably one of the worst losses that I've seen in a while with this Bears team. To lose a ball game. When you had a 21-point fucking lead, bro. Like, what is that? <laughs> Who does that? Where they do that at? And you're right. That's a tough loss to take. This is one of the worst teams that we're going up against. You're talking about the Broncos, right? We've seen how they played before they faced the Bears. And to lose like we lost to them, that is hard, man. Hard pill to swallow. All of this happens, though, despite Justin Fields having what I feel was one of his better games in a Chicago Bears uniform, bro. That's the thing. We dialed up all this recipe for, man, the running game this and Justin doing this and Justin doing that. Well, they did that. And we still fucking lost. That kid played his butt off. And when you look at this whole thing, it's like we talk so much about the offense and Justin Fields, but we cannot continue to ignore how bad that defense really has been for the Chicago Bears. Oh, ain't nobody been ignoring that. I've been on a bumper. I've been on Eberflu's bumper. Everybody that listen to this show, y'all know what I've been talking about with this damn defense. This man is supposed to came here to cure all our ills defensively. He was a defensive genius before he came here. Man, his defenses look like shit. This is the Chicago Bears, as I have said many times on this show. We're supposed to be all about defense, if nothing else. Right. That defense today was a travesty. It was a travesty. And I'm sorry, I was looking at people out there fucking putting it on Justin and blaming it on him because of the turnovers at the end. That game was not on him. We are now 0-4, which to me is fucking unacceptable. Now, I didn't think we was going to lower the playoffs this year, Doug. I didn't think we were going to start the season 0-4. 0-4. We have lost 14 games in a row. What the fuck, man? <laughs> like, seriously. Like... There has to be some fucking accountability. Every week, you just can't keep getting punched in the mouth. When you see Justin Fields on the sideline at the end of the game, bro, that man looked dejected. And I don't know who that brother was that was patting him on the back or whatever, man, but, man, he deserved a raise because he was trying to help Justin keep his spirits up in that moment. 
It kind of reminded me, man, when I was little, after one of my little league games, when I lost or something, and you had that one parent that came up and, and gave you a little <laughs> pat on the back, and it made you feel good. That's what right. it looked like. <laughs> yeah, it came up to you like, hey, man, you gave it your all, man. You, you did a great job. Don't worry about it. Keep your head up high. You'll get them next time kind of a thing, right? Exactly. And that's what I feel like my man was doing for Justin in that moment, man. But that was a tough thing to see. Just because you know he laid it all out there on the line. Like yeah. I said, it's not all on him. And this guy, man, he's had to deal with poor coaching. He's had to deal with a dysfunctional Hallis Hall. I mean, dude, there is no telling what the hell this man is thinking right now. The pressure that he's under. This situation <laughs> with Chase Claypool. Right. Now, after the fucking Packers game dub, I said that motherfucker should not be active for week two. Matt Eberfus, because he doesn't believe in accountability which is why he's going to be the first head coach to get fired this season. And we said that on this show many times. True. But there was no accountability. You had guys on the sideline that were more pissed off about that, and they were checking Chase Claypool about that bullshit. And the coach ain't do nothing about it. They sent Chase Claypool up to go talk to Ryan Poles. And I'm sitting here like, okay, that's great. But a professional should need to be talked to about effort. They went out and traded draft capital to bring you in here. And the whole time this man's been here, he has given Ryan Poles nothing to work with. Now, you know that I was not one of the ones that was criticizing him for what he did in Paris because I didn't give a fuck. Right. My biggest thing was when you get on that fucking football field, I want you to ball out. He has not done that. This week, Chase Claypool has the nerve when he was asked the question by the reporter. And I know people are going to say, well, Perez, well, he answered the question honestly. I don't give a fuck. You're going to sit up here and answer a question where a reporter says, do you think the Bears are using you the right way? And you got a smug little look on your face, and you're like, no. I do realize a reporter set his dumb ass up with that question. But you know what? If you're savvy, the way you answer that question is, Hey, there's things that I could be doing better. Week one, my effort was piss poor out there on the field. I let my teammates down. I let the fan base down. So there's things that I need to do differently. We all have things that we could be doing differently, right? That's the way right. I would answer that damn question. Taking right. accountability. See, there's a problem at Hallis Hall where there's not many people taking accountability. There's not enough people looking at themselves in the mirror and saying what they could do differently to right this shit. The shit's been fucked up all season. It ain't just the Allen Williams situation. But you know there's some crazy shit going on in that locker room. They are not a United team. Matt Eberflus, all he does is lie. This motherfucker, boy, he, I swear to God, I can't trust him to save my fucking life, eh, Doug? <laughs> they asked this man about, oh, uh, what, what, what was the decision with Chase Claypool and then this and that? And he was like, oh, yeah, we, we talked to him today. They right. asked Justin, and Justin was like, oh, yeah, he found out yesterday. So Justin's telling you the truth. The coach lying to your damn face. What else you lied to us about? If he can't answer the question directly, correctly, he can always say next question, right? Like he's done on some of the questions already. But right now, what he did, he lets us know that it's a bigger problem than what it is with the locker room and with Claypool. And I think even fools got to be better when you, when you get those tough questions, man, come for the media. Because, you know, the media want to know. The fans want to know what's going on. Claypool was probably right when he said that the team was not using him right. 
I can understand that because he's a guy who wants to get the ball, want to get yards, want to get touchdowns, and he hasn't really been a big target for Justin Fields. However, if that's the case, you don't air it out because now you really look up a team that's divided. And what you did was embarrass your coaching staff and your quarterback when you make those type of statements. You don't look aligned with this wide receiver core. You don't look aligned with your quarterback, and you definitely don't look aligned with your coach. So you just pretty much make the Bears organization look worse. Well, you see they made Justin go back to the media and take back what he said. And, and my thing yep. is, I have a problem with Justin said. Now, Chase, you ain't Justin. So as far as I'm concerned, you ain't got that type of latitude in my book. So, Chase, I told you how you should have answered that fucking question. That was the only acceptable response. Okay, so to piggyback off of what you said, Dub, it's no different than DJ Moore. It's no different than Buddy Moon, Cole Komet. Right. Okay, they're not using any of these people correctly. They're not using Justin Fields correctly. Well, until today, when you saw how Justin was fucking playing out there, I'm like, this is the same Justin that's been here this whole time. The offensive coordinator finally fucking woke up and realized, you know what, baby... Maybe I need to tweak some things. Now, I know people will sit up here and try to tell me, oh, well, Prez, it was, it was the Broncos. You remember the Broncos? They gave up 70 points. Listen, that's lazy narrative on any given Sunday. It don't matter about what happened a week ago. All I can focus on is the game that we had today. And the Broncos must not have been that goddamn bad. They came fucking behind and beat the shit out of us today. <laughs> For sure. On the road. Handle business. But my point, though, Dub, is... That shit's unacceptable. Chase Claypool, the effort, unacceptable. The fact that you know that Ryan Poles, and you know Ryan Poles probably has some real heart-to-heart -heart with him. Like, hey, man, <laughs> I, I believed in you. You know what I'm saying? I gave up draft capital to bring you in here. Like, come on. I need you to step it up. Now we got rumors that the Bears are exploring trading them. And I'm like, what kind of trade value this man got? Who won him? <laughs> we got fleeced. <laughs> And you know what, Ada, it reminds me, there was this kid at school, you know what I'm saying, and, and it, with, with his mom would, like, give him, like, one of the little Twinkies for lunch, right? Bruh, and I used to always make trades with this kid every fucking day, get that Twinkie up out of him. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I remember he liked baseball cards, but he didn't really know a lot about sports. So I'd be like, oh, man, I'm going to give you this this guy. He, he's a real good pitcher for the Cubs. Let me get that Twinkie. So every day, man, I'm giving him cards that I ain't want. And he giving me the Twinkies and shit like that. Well, Ryan Poles is the kid with the fucking Twinkies. <laughs> because, bro, that trade you made, bro, Pittsburgh is sitting over here laughing. Like, we got this guy up out of here. They probably were like, shit, this is the same shit we was dealing with with this motherfucker. And they over there like, hey, look, he cannot handle adversity. And that's what turns out to be when Claypool was over in Pittsburgh, probably going through the same process, Perez. He is in Chicago where things isn't going his way and we're losing. He can't control his emotions, right? He can't handle losing. So, but the thing is, I understand it's tough when you lose, Perez. The one thing you just don't want to do is throw your teammates and your coaches on the bus through that entire process. And that's always tough, man, when you hear a player come out like that. Man, this shit's just, it's, it's a shit show. And on top of it, people are sitting over here telling me, oh, well, well prayers will on the, on, the, on the bright side, the Bears got the top two draft spots in the 2024 draft. And I'm like, and did you hear me on the last show? Unless we strip this thing down to the studs, I don't even trust the people in the building 
to make the right moves with those damn draft picks. I don't trust the, the people that are in Dallas Hall right now not to destroy whoever they draft the same way they destroyed Mitch, the same way they're destroying Justin. Justin feels is like a shell of who he was when he got drafted. We saw a little bit of the smile coming back. We saw a little bit of the swagger coming back today. And then guess what? Fast forward to the end of the game. He looked like that kid that was waiting on his father to come home, and his father never came home. (laughs) It's fucked up. That's all of us right now. We all feel that way. I had my head down. I'm like, what was this shit? Listen, I hate Sundays anyway, because now Monday we got to go back to fucking work. The Bears are making these Sundays even less bearable for me to deal with. I am sick and tired of getting on this show. And having to complain about this team. I'm so sick and tired every week, A-Dub, being negative. You know we don't like to do that. Right. But they're giving us no choice, man. When we lost this game here against the Broncos, man, I told you, I had to go out there and mow my lawn, man. I had to go do something. I said, I had to get this off my mind for a second because uh, the losing like this, man, just sucks. And it started to affect the players. When you talk about Justin Fields on that bench, needing a hug, I felt that. Because, like, how much more do you want your quarterback to do? The quarterback got to be perfect for us for the Bears to have a chance at winning? That's tough, man. You cannot put all this on one guy. And I got to look at Eberflus, Luke Getze, and Ryan Poles and say, look, man, how are you guys building this thing up? Because right now, this looks real ugly. From Claypool to Allen Williams and to the way this team is performing, you know, and how they lost this game, it doesn't look good, man. Listen, we've been saying the same shit all season. Like, I'm I'm, I'm sick and tired of fucking talking about what Poles and Eberflus and Getty. It's the same shit. These mo- None of these motherfuckers are doing their jobs. Point blank. True. It's the same shit every week that we're talking about. They're not fucking doing their jobs. Ryan Poles sat up here and talked about taking back the North. What is that happening? <laughs> like, shit, not- we've been waiting. What, what, what are we doing? Aaron Rodgers, go. True. And we got worse. Didn't we, bro? We kind of got worse, man. <laughs> and I thought we had a chance coming to the season. I really did. If I over-exaggerate, I know Fred's apologized on our behalf before. But, damn it, I got to say it again, man. Hey, look, if I made it seem like we had a legit chance at doing anything in the season and moving in the right direction, I feel like now we're taking some steps backwards, bro. And you know this as well as I do. This is not a good look, man. And, um... It's going to take a lot to probably turn this around for us. Man, this is the thing, man. I already was worried going into this game, but we knew that Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson was going to be out. I mean, those are big, important pieces to the secondary. True. But like I said, today, when I saw that Chase Claypool wasn't inactive, I'm like, well, great. It's about time you put Equinemius St. Brown back out there. Guess what? The day that you put Equinemius St. Brown back in the lineup, we have our best day rushing the football. I don't think that's any sort of accident. You put a guy on the field that wants to be out there. You put a guy on the field that cares. There you go. This is what I've talked about, man. When you put on that fucking uniform, man, that's a responsibility. There's people out here, man. Do we have listeners that DM us pictures when they're at the games, pictures of their kids at the games? These people are spending their hard-earned money at that damn stadium to watch that product. For a guy like Chase Claypool to not take advantage of his opportunity. I'm sorry, but going to a fucking Bears game and you bring your family there, 
That is not a cheap day. People work very hard for the money that they fucking earn and for the Bears organization as a whole to continue to keep trotting out this type of product is a slap in all of our faces. But see, the problem is you have an organization that they don't give a fuck about winning. It's all about the profit for them. The front office, what they concerned about right now, they concerned about that goddamn stadium bullshit. I don't give a fuck where the fuck you motherfuckers play. You're not even playing in the stadium that you got now. This shit is fucking pathetic. And even Flues, what they going to have to think about the players on this team who really wants to be here and play those guys. You did on fuck the head. Him. He should be here. <laughs> Let's start with him. Get him the fuck out of here. Because Eberflus, which I thought bringing on board would help us out with the defense, he has not done that for us. has not delivered at all. So if you can't deliver on that, what can you do? You can't make Justin Fields, Justin Fields play better as a quarterback because that's not your specialty anyway. Apparently, you can't get Luke Getsy to do the right thing with them for him for the offense all the time. So that isn't working either. So we're not getting a, a return on our investment with you being the head coach. So at this point, Perez, I can understand why people are saying, Eva Flues, hey, man, you can go and get out of here, bro, because you ain't delivering. 14 consecutive losses, A-Dub. Mm-mm-mm. That's the thing. It's like, man, we, we gave you grace last season, bro, but we expected to see something this year. And this is the problem. I think what happens is, is that people get so hyped up in the offseason. Now, we didn't do that on the show. I right. thought we were going to be better. The only thing that I told the audience about is things that I saw from my eyes itself. And I saw that Justin made improvements from what I saw out there. Yeah, he had some bad practices. But for the most part, I saw some improvements. I thought Chase Claypool looked really good at training camp. It wasn't me hyping it up. It was what I was seeing out there. But yeah. the, the, things that I, the things that I saw out there, I'm like, shit, I need to get my eyes checked. Shit. <laughs> 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 you motherfuckers fooled me. I was bamboozled, eh, dub I was bamboozled. <laughs> but the other thing is that what you did see is legit because we did see some improvements on certain things that Justin Fields did do well, right? You hit it on the head, press. You weren't bamboozled by what you saw with DJ Moore. And Justin Fields. Hey, look what you saw today against the Broncos. Who would you see? DJ Moore and Justin Fields making great things happen together, right? But there's other things about the team overall. You can say, you know what? They fooled me, especially this defense. Yeah, the connection between DJ Moore and Justin Fields, that shit's real. Like, I, yeah. I, but I'm just saying, man, all together, man, we were all just expecting something different than what we saw. I agree. And that's just, like, not the situation that we're in right now. And to the point you made. That offense, man, they was cooking, bro. That first half, I was so proud. I was like, man. I was like, this is <laughs> – I felt like that proud, dad. I was like, look at my boy out there. Look at my son. Oh. <laughs> I'm so proud of him, my favorite son. That's how I felt. Right. That was all the Bears' Twitter. We were so proud of Justin. Because, dude, he's been getting all the criticism, bro. And I'm sitting here like, listen, yeah, he deserves some criticism. But I'm like, man, fans were saying some crazy shit. And I told you, when, when I heard people calling for Tyson, I'm like, okay, y'all need to stop. Y'all really need to stop. Somebody got in the DMs today and was arguing with me about that, like, y'all heard the show and 
I still have concerns about Justin. And I'm sitting here like, okay, so I, I entertained the guy. I said, okay, what are your concerns? And he's like, well, he still holds on to the football too long. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, he still <laughs> turns the football over. I was like, oh, okay. I said, what about what he does well? Right. I said, do you feel that he's had the opportunity to show what he does best consistently this season? Well, you know, no, no, it's not no well, you know. I asked you a question, <laughs> you know. <laughs> then he said, well, no, because the play calling. But no, because of the offensive line. I'm like, so, sir, <laughs> you got up in these DMs, and you got this hornet's nest, and you, now you got me responding to you, and I'm irritated. But you answered your own fucking stupid-ass statement by talking about what the issue is. They have continued to put this kid in bad situations. The great quarterbacks they do, they're able to weather that storm. That's why it's levels to this shit. However, this is a young quarterback in the league that this franchise has been putting in bad positions since he's been here. Now, you think about all the bad coaching that this man has had since he's been in Chicago. The nonsense of Matt Nagy. And we thought that with Luke Getty coming in here last year that things were going to be better. And there was some promise. Yeah. But then this year, I don't know what the fuck Luke Getty, he got all fancy and was trying to do all this extra shit. Like, Luke, get the fuck out of the way. This ain't about you. Justin Fields is special. The guy's got talent. Get the fuck out of the way and let him do what he does best. And that's why it pissed me off, man, because when I'm seeing how Justin was out there killing it today, and I'm like, we could have been seeing this all season. But y'all got this man overthinking. And that's why when you were saying Matt Eberfuss needs to see which guys on the team, fuck that. At this point, he don't even deserve to make them type of decisions. No. Uh-uh. And my opinion, bro, with the way that he's coached this season, I know they ain't going to do it because it's a short week. But let them go in that, in that game on Thursday against the Commanders and they lay another egg. That motherfucker going to be out of here on Friday. <laughs> and you know the Bears, they don't do that. They don't do the in-season firings. But with their rationale for why they fired Lovey, and if they're going to be okay with this shit, because if we lose on Thursday, that's 15 consecutive losses. Right. We're already the laughing stock of the league. I heard networks didn't even want to show the damn game. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It is. It? it really is. That's an embarrassment right there, man. I had hope. I thought they could do some things differently. But the way it's going, Perez, and the way the team is developing, it's very slowly. Very, very slowly. And at this pace, bro, you may not even win a game at this pace. Okay. Let's get to it, man, because I, I just feel like it's just been a lot of ranting, and I just want I want to I want to get myself real back in because I want to give the people some analysis. I'm sorry, audience. It's just after a while, sometimes this shit is just it gets to you. It's just, I'm just so sick and tired of all this losing, man. Mm -hmm. It's like we're in the city of Chicago, and we got one team that I can count on that's gonna go to the playoffs every year, and that's the Chicago Sky. True, and that's the team that none of y'all care about. I don't know what it but is. The the team that sits here and hurts us. Hey, we 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 come back for more of that abuse every time. I've been getting kicked <laughs> in the nuts by this team since I was four years old. They don't it don't hurt as much, but I'm still upset about it. I tell you that much. It don't hurt. <laughs> much. 
These nuts are resilient now. But <laughs> but okay, Matty Berflutes, man. Those questionable late game decisions in the ball game. Now, he's already on the hot seat. I don't give a fuck what nobody said. <laughs> but when you right. blow a 21 point lead and we knew what was coming. When, when, when that game was 28-14 and Denver fucking marches down the field and they score, I'm like, okay, that was fun while it lasted. Right. Okay, first thing. What was that bullshit when he called the timeout when he was trying to draw the, the Broncos offside? I was thinking, first of all, if you were going to go for it in that moment, that's where you should have went. But no, you, you try to do the fake – Oh, we're going to try to draw them off sides, and then we're going to call a timeout. And then we're going to, well, what I thought is they were going to fucking bring Kyra Santos out there and kick the field goal. Yeah. No. My man's sitting over here like, no, we're going to go for it. <laughs> With the most predictable fucking play call ever that the Broncos stopped. And I'm, okay, and I got another one. That cold commit motherfucking sneak up the middle bullshit, retire that shit. Now, I know that shit fucking worked today, but I hate that fucking play. It's a dumb play. Luke Getty, I mean, he probably was so proud of himself, too, when he drew that shit up. He's like, oh, you know what I'm going to get him this season? Oh, I'm going to bring Cole command in motion, and I'm going to snap the ball directly to him, and he's going to quarterback sneak. He's right. like, oh, the NFL ain't going to be ready. Motherfucker, the NFL ready for that lame-ass fucking shit. And Evil Foo's making that dumb-ass decision to not kick the field goal. And if you were going to go for it, like I said, you should have went for it the first time around. Now Absolutely. you give that defense time to strategize and set up for that shit. It was dumb. And if you're going to call a timeout, like you said, man, you got to go ahead and go for the field goal. Because at that point, you're right, defense get a chance to set up. But I did think that they were going to go for it before they called timeout and just go ahead and keep it moving. Because you got the momentum at this point, Perez. That would have been ahead. a smart play to do. Absolutely. What do you do? They, timeout. They went, they went, but then they go call that. Obvious, we knew you were running the ball up the middle. Obviously, you yeah. got Justin Fields, one of the most dynamic weapons in the league. If you go fucking go for it on fourth and short, keep the ball in his hands. That's what I was hoping for. That hey, we're gonna get that one yard, leave it up to Justin Fields to make something happen, get to the outside press and, and do something with his legs. But nope, not Justin Fields doing it. Predictable, right up the middle. Stop. So that's my first piece. Second piece is, while Justin Fields had a career game and we gave him his props and was saying how we felt, glad that he was able to kind of have some joy out there until the end, we still have the costly turnovers to talk about, Doug. So now I'm going to ask you, are you concerned with Fields' continued issues with protecting the football? We've talked about it in the past, but what are your thoughts there when it comes to Justin in these moments where we're kind of dependent on him and he has a tendency Turn the football over. Whereas I, these turnovers that Justin Fields had, you understand the pick sixes that he had, and then turn the football over again where he fumbled and then leads to a touchdown. That hurts, man. That's seven points right there that you're giving the opponents, and you've done it several times already. So, yes, I'm concerned. I'm not so sure what you're trying to do, Justin Fields, but tuck the ball away, take the sack, man. I'd rather you do that than turn it over that becomes a play where they score. That's impactful, man. So these plays, you look at them, Perez, they do hurt your team. You talk about the Bears' defense giving up points. 
offense giving up points as well when those type of situations occur. So, yes, I am concerned with Justin Fields because now it's becoming a pattern. And like we said before, we ain't good enough to be fucking giving away points. Right. And, and that's what's pretty much happening here. I will, I will piggyback where you're going with that. I will say, hey, I've said it before. I said Justin has to fucking take care of the football. I talked about the fumbles with him. But these picks, you know, they're they're – they're tough. Now, that one on that play, I think that that might have been more Cole Komet's fault on that on that pick. Because Cole Komet, I mean, come on, bro. The guy that's defending you is like 5'9". You got to be able to get to that spot, in my humble opinion. The fumble, the pressure is right there on Justin. And this is another thing. Nobody's going to talk about this. But because we have these stupid screen passes in the offense... Justin, even though he had all that pressure in his face, he was trying to get the ball out for one of them screen plays. And it just, it shit was a recipe for fucking disaster. My whole thing, silver lining with that, get rid of these damn screen passes. I've talked about that before on the show. I don't want to see any more screen passes. I don't want to see any more Cole commit up the middle. I'm good with that. For the rest of my life, really. And to see that Justin Fields and commit weren't on the same page on that particular uh, pass, that's just tough right there to say that, hey, it's an uncomfortable ability right there for you to when it comes to that. Or maybe you all haven't done it enough, right? The relationship hasn't been built for those type of situations. So for me, uh, it's just a tough situation to see both those both of those players in, man. And um, I just hope that they both learn from it. I, I'm going back to Matty Bafoos here. I'm not ready to, to get up off of him just yet. The hallmark of what this team was about last season and what I really thought we were getting to him was a disciplined team. I thought last season, like I said, we, we stayed in games. We played people tough. We played disciplined football. This season has not been that. In this ball game, in particular, we had penalties that killed drives, especially later in the game. How many damn times of offensive linemen was out there committing penalties? That's discipline. Yeah. We got to be able to get out of our own fucking way, bro. And again, who does that start with? It starts at the top. Attitude reflects leadership. See, I talk about this all the time, man. It ain't just in football, it's in corporate. If you got shit leadership, what you think? That's just going to trickle down and you're going to have shitty performances. You got people out here going through the motions like a Chase Claypool. Y'all think about people that you work with. Everybody that's listening to this show right now has got one Chase Claypool in their office right now. You hate working with that motherfucker. Well, that starts when you have a bad culture. The Bears have a horrible, rotten culture. You can't win under those type of circumstances. And that's where you got to call a player out like Claypool. If he's a poison to the team, yeah. and he continue doing that, you gotta, can't let a guy play like that, Perez. You can't let a guy play with a team who's going to continue to pull the team down, hold the team back. I think if Claypool played today, the Bears probably would have played worse. I don't want to see him in a Bears uniform again. It's a disgrace to guys like Payton. It's a disgrace to guys like Sears, Brian Piccolo, Dick Buckus. I go right. on and on. Mike Singletary, Steve McMichael. It is a disgrace mm -hmm. to true Bears. And I'm sure when I see the former Bears players, when I see them on Twitter and they're tweeting and stuff like that, you can tell that shit's killing them, seeing how bad this team is. You oh, know yeah. they care. You know that this shit ain't funny to them. It's not funny games. 
I get tired of fucking talking this way about our team, dude. Like I said, man, I was brought up into this. My mom, diehard Bears fan. I was born into this. And that's so many of us, right? We were yep. born into this team. I'll never forgive her for doing this to me. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what, mama? I'm glad you did something to curse his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that ain't the only one, but we've only got the time and time and day to talk about about the rest of my issues. (laughs) Defensively, Doug, in this game, one of my keys was containing Russell Wilson. Now, yeah. for the most part, we didn't really do a good job of that. But he eluded pressure pretty well. He was able to get the ball down the field. And with our engine secondary, they just could not stop Russell. Once he started getting hot, it was a wrap. You're right. Once he got adjusted to how the defense were going to pressure him, press, you're right. He utilized his legs. It made some nice throws downfield, and you saw players being wide open, present, getting catches. I mean, it's tough because, like I said, defensively, though, we're just not getting the job done. No. We never had a backup running back that was gashing us. <laughs> I'm like, looking at the running lanes, I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, no wonder he got 20, 30 yards on that play. I'm like, look, who, who was the closest bear to him? Just getting gashed. This dude run about five or six yards for us before he even touched. Before he even getting touched. Exactly. <laughs> McLaughlin out here just running through us, man. And we we had no answer for it, Perez. And I'm thinking, when, I'm thinking when Williams got hurt, I'm thinking like, okay, advantage Bears. No, wrong. Because <laughs> like you said, your boy Jaleel come in the game. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Right. My friend gashing us. And I, and I tell you one thing. He had a little explosives to him, too. I was like, okay, you got a little sure speed on you. <laughs> he sure did. He came out making big plays for them. I said, these are impactful plays, man. So you got to say that dude, man, he was an impact player for the Broncos, and it's unfortunate that our defense couldn't do anything about it. But this is the thing, man. In the first half, the defense, did they did a good job. I thought, you know what I'm saying, they, they forced punts. They kept yeah. Denver from scoring. But it was just that second half, just like I said earlier, tell these two halves. But that's not going to get it done. That's not good enough. At all. And when your defense can't hold up for four quarters, that's a problem. After they gave up that first touchdown, first quarter, they were able to hang in there, do that thing, force Russell to make some tough throws, bro. They were good. But when the fourth quarter hit, when the Broncos got that momentum, the Bears didn't get it back. The defense just couldn't stop anyone at that point. No, no, they, they really couldn't. And like I said, man, it just sucks that we're having this type of conversation because, like I said, I was so happy with what I see from the offense. Justin and, and DJ Moore fucking having a good time out there. They were feeding that football to DJ Moore, and I was loving it. I'm like, yes, yeah. keep giving him that fucking football. He had his best game as a bear today. That fucking catch that he had, I know people talking about some, he'd get that second foot down. Shut y'all asses up. <laughs> <laughs> it was good to me. Bro, that was a great throw, great catch. I love every bit of it. So, way, way to get it in there, DJ Moore. They call it a touchdown, baby. It's a touchdown. But then, not even that, the connections that he was making to Cole Komet out there, two touchdowns to Cole Komet. Welcome back, Cole World. You know what I'm saying? In crunch time, we got to execute. That's the thing with this, this, this team. We can't get a full 60 minutes from these guys. 
You get some good play in spurts. First half of the game, they gave busters. We all proud. Everybody, we was all smiling and thinking shit was sweet. That damn fourth quarter came around. <laughs> we, we had a <laughs> dose of that act right. Right. But the thing is, I was also disappointed in our offense on two accounts, Perez. I was disappointed in the fourth quarter we had it, that you just described. But I was also disappointed how we finished the first half as well. Yeah. If we had the football, we could have yep. done something that last drive. Yep. And what happened? We stalling. We're stagnant. Things happening the wrong way. And then we can't get no points on the board when we had a chance. This is your chance to put your foot on their necks, right? You got a chance to go up even more. And what happened, bro? The last two minutes of the game, we don't do much with it. And here we are, bro, have to go into the second half where they get the ball back, right? Even though they didn't score right away. But still, we have a chance to take advantage of that. So you talk about your two-minute drills. You got to be to work that through, man. And here we get in the fourth quarter that you talked about. We couldn't work the last two minutes and do some damage there, Perez. So it's like how you close these halves out, you got to do a better job with that. And that's why I got to look at Luke Getsy and say, hey, man, this is where it definitely falls on you, at to help Justin Fields figure this out, especially in crunch time. And the piggyback off of that, which is a hell of a point that you made, but also think about how conservative they got with the play calling offensively in that second half. Yes. Took our foot off the gas. Because once that momentum, as you just saw, go back to the team, you just might not even get it back, bro. So you can't play the clock. You got to play the game. You got to be out there like that old school Karate Kid movie. Sweep the leg. <laughs> you don't take any prisoners out there, man. I swear to God, man. The problem is, is that we keep letting up and these teams are choking us out. And that's what happened today. And look, Sean Payton, this is a hell of a coach on that other side of the field. You don't give a coach like that <laughs> renewed life in a game like that? Right. And he saw us go forward on fourth now. <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. You're going to disrespect my defense like that? Bet. Bet. He said, in that time, and I bet he told his defense, we're going to get that ball back and we're going to drive this shit down the field and they ain't going to be able to do nothing about it. I know how Sean Payton is. Sean Payton, an asshole. I love that shit, though. <laughs> Confident like hell. Confident. And he got his team ready for that last drive, didn't he? Man. I would, I, I would love to know what it would feel like to be a fan of a team that was prepared. I'd love to know what it would feel like to be a fan of a team that's not a tortured soul. Because right now, when I look at this Bears team, we had Denver coming in here. Most people would sit over here thinking shit was going to be sweet. We couldn't even be the only three team that had 70 points put up against them last week. And you think that I feel like that coach should be able to even have the ability to be in a press conference talking to me about anything? You ain't got no answers. Remember when Kanye said that to Sway? You ain't got the answer, Sway. <laughs> that's Eberflus right now. I, that's what I wish I could get. In. You ain't got the answers, Eberflus. Because he do. That man don't know what the fuck's going on. He ain't got this shit figured out, and he can't get out of his own way. Well, this is what calls these coaches to lose their jobs, Perez. And well, he you know, next. <laughs> and right, so he's on the hot seat, like you, like like you've been calling out. You said it before. He's on the hot seat. Absolutely, Perez. <laughs> I can't see him lasting much longer, man. It, it, his days are numbered, like you said before. So it just sucks that the fan base got to continue to watch this until some change happen, and. To lose a game against the Broncos when you had a chance to win, Perez, and you went back to that fourth down <laughs> when you talked about 
where we could have gone up three points. I, I know Santos is going to hit that field goal, bro. I had no no doubts of Santos making that field goal. But that still could have put a lot of pressure on the Broncos had we had that opportunity, you know? And it just sucks, man, when you just can't pull out a win when you up by that much, bro. It's just hard. It's a hard loss. It really is. I just, man, I, <laughs> I don't know. I've been hella negative on this show. I feel like you're trying to keep the show vibes positive. So, in the spirit of A-Dub and trying to keep the show positive, we're going to give out some game balls, and hopefully I'll be in a better mood for the last segment of this show. <laughs> A-Dub, who's getting you game ball on offense, bro? My game ball is going to DJ Moore. Go, DJ. That's my DJ. Yes, sir. And the thing about DJ Moore Perez is I thought that he got the party started. And I think with him being able to get open, be a weapon for Justin Fields, be impactful, that opened up things for guys like Cole Commit. Even my boy Money Moon got in on some of that action, bro. But I thought it all started with DJ Moore eating early because now the Broncos got to pay attention to this guy and say, hey, this is the guy that's killing us right now, you know? So that opened up a lot of things for other players. And I thought that type of impact is what I've always expected out of DJ Moore playing along with Justin Fields. Well, listen, that's that's a number one receiver, right? Yep. <laughs> and that's what they do. And uh, I'm not even surprised, right? I mean, we knew what DJ Moore did at Carolina with inadequate quarterback play. We've talked about that, right? So right. I'm not surprised by his success. Keep feeding him the football. The fact that he wasn't being utilized properly early in the season was pissing me off. So I'm glad we're finally going to the guy. Keep going to him. Absolutely. So great game ball recipient for me. <laughs> Obviously, Justin Fields had a phenomenal game. Yep. Set a franchise record for most consecutive passes, right? Huge. But I'm giving my game ball to Khalil Herbert. Woo! Talk to me. First 100-yard rushing game with the Bears. And what do we say, man? We talked about the fact that we had to get the running game going. Yep. Last year, the Bears had the number one rushing attack in all of the league. Well, today's ball game, we had 171 yards on the ground. Clear Herbert had 103 of those. So my biggest thing here is last season – we saw Khalil Herbert and what he could do when he can get to the second level of that defense. This year, we weren't seeing a lot of that because Lou Getze was going away from the running game. He wasn't sticking with the running game. He wasn't giving the running game time to evolve. Now we had a game like today where there was an emphasis, A-Dub, on running the fucking football. Yeah. Especially against a Broncos defense that can't stop the run. So Khalil Herbert went out there and he gashed them. Almost six yards of carry? Man, I was really proud of him. So, obviously, it would have been easy to get the game ball to Justin because Justin had a great day. But for me, offensively, it starts with establishing the run. So, Khalil Herbert getting my game ball for week four. I love that, Perez, because you saw in that fourth quarter, man, some of those runs he was getting, I was like, whoa, he got the – he carried all these Broncos players on his back, bro. I mean, man. <laughs> said, man, this dude was just a running machine right now. And um, he was making a lot of things happen for that offense, especially in that fourth quarter. On that ground, man, that's where you make a lot of things happen. I got to give it to Khalil Herbert, man, for the way he played against the Broncos today. 
And to your point, I mean, that run where he just wouldn't go down, man, and was was keeping the pile moving, I mean, that, that's Chicago Bears football, you know, at the core. And so while I was going after Chase Claypool and his poor effort and poor attitude, well, you got a guy like Khalil Herbert and your Rashawn Johnson. And we got other guys on the team, but we got guys on this team that care, man. We got guys in the team that do want to punch you in the fucking mouth. And Khalil Herbert's one of those guys. True. And so is Roshan Johnson. You saw he ran somebody over near the goal line today. <laughs> These running backs, man, they, they, they don't play no games. Yeah, they fucking keep giving them the football. Okay? Can't go away from the run. That's no, the problem. Got to be patient. You got to let that shit develop. You know what I mean? And so, like I said, he gets my game ball. Defensively, A-Dub, who's getting your game ball? My game ball, defensively. This may shock the world, you prayers on this, though. But I got to give it to... Jack Sanborn. I'm going to give the Jack Sanborn prayers. And here's why I'm going to give it to Sanborn. I don't like the penalty they called on, bro. Thought that was bogus. Bogus penalty called on. Thought it was a good hit, I thought. But Sanborn, man, was definitely in some of the right areas. Didn't get a lot of tackles like that, but he was a guy, man, that was coming along, trying to get apply pressure on the quarterback, doing everything, bro, all the little things to try to help this team win. And I thought Sanborn kind of stood out the day for me. Yeah, I thought that that uh, penalty, I thought it was a little bullshit, man. I, um, I'm like, man, what happened to the NFL, right? Like, you know, <laughs> like give the guy a chance. I mean, come on, that was that was weak. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much to add on that one. I mean, you know, defensively, it was kind of a letdown for us today. But I mean, Jack Sanborn, he's not having the impact that he had last season, right? You know, and and it's tough, right? Because you're just seeing a guy like that we know has the ability, but. Again, no pass rush being generated. It's affecting other levels of the defense, you know, so whatever. But, hey, I got no issues with that one. For me, I'm going to go TJ Edwards, seven tackles. All season he's been leading the team in tackles. Yeah. But, again, you know, it's what you expect from TJ Edwards. You say it all the time. He's always around the football. Hey, true words have never been spoken. I mean, he is literally always around the football. He makes things happen. You know, I would just love to see this defense with a pass rush. I would love to see this defense with a healthy secondary, you know, because then we'll see what people could do. We can finally maybe see what the hell Tremaine Edmonds can do. Because all I see from him is him drop back in coverage, making tackles with people that's getting first downs. Right. <laughs> I'm like, where are the impactful plays? They paid this man $72 million, and I just see you in coverage tackling people. When cool. the damage. That's what the damage already done, Perez. You're right. Damage already done. Now you get a tackle. That's not what we paid you for. I'm not sure what's going to unlock all that for him, man, because you're right. A lot of money tied into this guy, and he got to be more impactful than this. All right, man. Who's your bear down? Your underperformer for week four? Larry Bourne. Ugh. I don't know what's going on with him. Well, you and I didn't feel well, highly... trash. That's right. <laughs> trash is trash. <laughs> I'll take that, Perez. And he has not blocked well. And you notice that, man. A lot of heat was coming at Justin Fields, man, yep. from his side. And I'm like, damn, I'm glad Justin Fields is on the move a lot, right? Which is good because you knew Larry Bourne wasn't going to hold up, man. Even when Justin Fields got sacked that time, I'm like, Larry Bourne, you let the guy get past you just that quickly, man. Justin Fields never had a chance, you know? So... Larry Bourne got to step this game and play better than this, friends. We play against the Broncos, man. You got to hold up better than that. Imagine what we're going to do playing against other teams down the road. You can't play that way. Listen, man, I just hope that Braxton Jones is able to get back here week seven because uh, 
this is a reason why the coaching staff moved Larry Borm out of the starting lineup and made him a backup. The guy's lazy. I saw him all day missing blocks. When Justin was getting hit to the point you were making, it's because of turnstile Borum was missing blocks. He missed the block. It was an outside run to play that they were doing to Tyler Scott. And yep. because Tyler Scott's so damn fast, Denver lost contain. But Larry Borum couldn't even hold his damn block. Not at all. The penalties? <laughs> Come on, bro. This man is a liability. But again, that's where accountability comes because as the coach, if I see that, I'll take you out of the fucking game. This is where you talk about asking your quarterback to do too much, right? You got heat on you coming from that side, man. You're blindsided at that, Perez. Come on, man. <laughs> this is how quarterbacks can also get hurt, too. So I'm just disappointed in Larry Borm. I thought he'd be better than this, Perez. I know you and I had some good words about him when we first drafted him and some things we saw with him. But he took steps backwards, bro, and this is tough to watch. No, nah, that shit was, it was awful. It was awful. Um, I thought Darnell Wright, I thought that he could have been better. But I've liked what I see from him for the most part. When you watch him on film, you see a guy that has justified his draft spot, right? He's going to be somebody yeah. that they can build around. He had a rough day today, but I'm not going to beat him up. You know, it's just there's some things with him that he's going to have to tweak. But like I said, when you watch the film, you'll you'll be pleasantly surprised at the fact that you can see a guy that's out there giving maximum effort. But the main issue on that fourth and one play, that got blown up because of Darnell Wright. Sure did. And so, you know, he'll learn from it, right? Yep. Rookie mistake. He'll get better. My other performer is Matt Eberfuss. I have not strayed away from that smoke for him. I've had it for him since the Packers game. And I still got it right now. And I'm going to keep bringing it for him until Ryan Poles does what needs to be done. Matty Bufloos needs to be let go of his fucking role here as head coach of our Chicago Bears. This is unacceptable to blow a 28-7 lead. A team that was winless. That falls on the head coach. I'm sorry. I keep bringing it up, but 14 consecutive losses. Matty Bufus is now 3-18. and 18. It's getting to the point where I'm looking at him like, is Matty Bufus a worse coach than Mark Trust was? Ouch. To say that? But the thing is, the results is what's matter, right? The reason why I brought up the Trustman piece it's because it's universally known that Mark Tressman's era here in Chicago was a fucking disaster. But so has been the Matt Eberflus era. Now, we're watching this team currently making the same mistakes that they were making last season. Which last season, you could kind of expect it because the roster was shit. They went out and overhauled this roster, but nothing's changed. And like I said, if they didn't have that fucking game on Thursday, I feel like Matt Eberflus would have been let go of, of his fucking responsibilities. And if they allow him to continue coaching for the rest of the season, then that shows us all we need to know about this organization and its incompetence. And y'all need to stop calling Ryan Poles King Poles because right now, ain't no kings in that building. 
not a one. TJ Edwards, you go out and sign. Tremaine Edmonds, we know the list, right? Demarcus Walker, but you got nothing to show for it. You got nothing to show for it. We're not getting sacks. We're not creating turnovers. It's a bad look on Eberflus for sure, Perez. And Ryan Pohl's got to make a, a quick decision on this because this is getting out of hand. 3-18, and 18, <laughs> not a good look at all for your for your coach. And you got to do something different because what's what's happening now isn't working. But Ryan Pohl's got to make a decision on this, bro, sooner than later. <laughs> we'll see. Talk is cheap at this yep. point. It's all about them actions for me, man. So we got the Thursday night game, as I mentioned earlier. The commander's coming in here two and two. And if you guys watched the game that they played against the Eagles today, they played the Eagles tough. <laughs> <laughs> and we know what the Eagles did last season. So Eric B. Enemy, him and Ron Rivera coming in here. And this is another thing, too. You got a guy like Eric B. Enemy, who I've talked about many times. I don't understand how he doesn't have a head coaching job. All he is is about holding players accountable and how each guy has a role in the office and accountability. And I'm sitting here like, God, I would love to have somebody come in here and speak like that about my football team. Every time Matt Eberflus is speaking to the damn media, I'm like, shit, somebody wake me up when this fucking dude is done talking. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, I bet the players, the players ain't fucking getting nothing from that. Like, Matt Nagy, you know, we had our things against him and his play calling. But guess what? He was a leader of men, and he had that fucking locker room, even when they were trash as fuck. You still had guys in that locker room that would not criticize Matt Nagy. This current Bears team, they have, <laughs> on multiple <laughs> occasions, have kind of, like, let it be known that, like, no, nah, that shit the Evil Foos is talking about, no, nah, that, that, ain't, that ain't the real. DJ Moore... <laughs> DJ Moore, when it came to the Chase Claypool situation they dubbed, he let it be known what really was going down there. Right. Justin Field did it again. And it's just like, dude, you're the leader of this team. And, and it's kind of looking like the locker room is kind of becoming a little affected. I mean, you got a guy like Chase Claypool, you told this guy to stay home? <laughs> that shit's crazy. How you get fired on your day off, Chase? <laughs> That's really fucked up. That's hey, fucked man. up. Man. <laughs> that shit crazy. That shit crazy, man. These these are your 2023 Chicago Bears, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I got for y'all. They need to take a fucking bow. Because this shit here, this is... <laughs> they Every week, they one-up themselves <laughs> fucking being inept. This is insane. It's fucking insane. But on to Washington. A-Dub and I will have you covered for that matchup. Looking forward to that audience. <laughs> but listen, as always, like we do appreciate you guys for hanging in there with us, listening to these episodes. Today, this episode was more of a therapy session for your boy Press, so I apologize. But I feel a lot better now. I got my little boots <laughs> on. I feel way, I, way, I, I feel way better now, Dub. I feel way better. Like you said, man, Woosa. Feeling pretty good too, man. Listen, I I'm not I got nothing to say about the upcoming matchup. I need some time to decompress because like I said, I'm still I'm still thinking about what the hell happened to us today. So I, I need a day before I start thinking about Washington, right? Because 
that's another beast in itself. But audience, thank y'all, as always, for helping make us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. We're going to talk to y'all soon, and we are out.